You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Last hour of overtime here on 106.7 The Fan, thefandc.com, the Odyssey app. If you would like to start your morning a little something different, mix it up, get a national perspective on things, attend a radio show on a spaceship. You can also check out that Odyssey app for CBS Sports Radio with Damon Amendolara each and every weekday mornings. And he joins us now on the BetQL guest line. DA, I have not talked to you in way too long. How are you, sir? I'm good. Not as good as you, Hoff. I follow you on all your social media accounts, even though we haven't spoken keeping up to date on just how in shape and fit you are. You're putting us all to shame. You realize this is the time of year where we're supposed to get out of shape. We've got candy. We've got Thanksgiving. We've got the holidays. Weather's cold. You're really not doing us any favors. I uh, endorse people being happy, Damon. And um, whatever, you know, you don't have to tie your consumption or your physical aesthetic fitness to your happiness. Eat whatever you want, man. Anybody, don't don't do anything on behalf of me or anybody else. I want you to keep doing you and going fishing and and exploring the country and your life based off Instagram, which is a very dangerous statement. Very doesn't seem to be so bad either. No, it's actually real good. But then I see you eating salmon poke bowls and these delicious granola treats in the morning, and I'm like, man, this guy's living a real clean life here. But they're delicious. I, I know the apple, the apple granola bowl. One of the greatest invention. Like you want a, a satiating and delicious snack. The apple granola honey, maybe a little almond butter in there. Damn it, you uh-huh. have to try it. It's phenomenal. I, look, sounds great, looks great. Oh man, I just can't find anybody to make it for me. Uh, we'll have to come visit. My, uh, okay. Rachel and I will come up and we'll visit you and your lovely Very bride, good. and and we'll make apple bowls. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I just got a text asking, what is my Apple Bowl doing on the radio? But that's a, that's a different <laughs> different question for a different, a different time. Ah, I may have just spilled a state secret. Word. I'm going to talk to you about the Washington football team now. Okay, David and all of our guests appearing on the BetQL guest line. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. So I texted you earlier and I go, hey, you got any Washington football hot takes uh, as this team is – Two and six going into their bye. They've got Tampa on the back end of it. There's all these stories off the field, and you said? Well, would you like me to rant on how I think Dan Snyder's an unethical human disaster and that the organization is a pit of dysfunction and how the NFL owners are simply hiding all of it? Would you like me to talk about that? Right, and to which I said yes. And, I, and, and to put that in a little bit more pointed context as if it needed it, I do think sometimes when we're in the local market talking about this team week in and week out, like we can 
we have to almost brush by some of that stuff because we talk about the games, talk about the football side of it. But as you're looking at this as an NFL wide problem, like that still seems to very much be on the forefront. And I feel like sometimes we can almost forget that and lose the forest through the trees. Well, it's understandable for Washington football fans to not drill down on that because you care about the games. You care about Sundays. You care about the standings. And, you know, that's what's in front of you. But the larger photo here from an NFL standpoint is without a shadow of a doubt when Roger Goodell took the podium at the owners' meetings and got defensive, oh, we we do believe they've been punished. We handed down an unprecedented fine. We removed Dan Snyder from the day-to-day operations. To me, it was a ringing alarm bell, which was, yeah, we know it's really bad, and that's about as much as we could have done, which tells you that if even Roger Goodell is willing to say, we did as extensive punishment as we could, those emails that became public about John Gruden are just as damning about Dan Snyder. And that if they ever became public, it would be absolutely the end of the road for Snyder as an owner of the NFL. But unlike Donald Sterling and unlike Jerry Richardson, the sins of Dan Snyder are going to remain private. If they ever became public, like Sterling and like Richardson, he'd be forced to sell. But the NFL owners, the cabal of owners, are not into putting one of their own on Front Street. And so I I said this the morning after the Gruden emails leaked, and I heard this kind of din of the crowd of, this is the tip of the iceberg. They all better watch out in Washington. They're going to report on everything. I said, no, they're not. Because the NFL would never, ever, ever allow one of its owners to have that type of of stuff out there. It would make them look so bad. And, oh, by the way, you want to know the other really guillotine hanging over the NFL, why you know it will never come out. It was so bad for Dan Snyder, they had to remove him from day-to-day operations, which they never do to an owner. If this stuff ever came out, it would make them look complicit that they only removed him from day-to-day operations and didn't force him out of the league. I'll tell you this. Not knowing the emails but seeing the punishment and knowing it was historic tells you all you need to know about how bad it was inside Washington and how responsible Dan Snyder was. So we'll never see the details of this because it would only make the NFL look worse for allowing him to continue to own the team. So the thing that I, I don't want to say like I'm confused by, because I know how bad other owners also, like their emails or their dirty laundry being aired out would be, is why can't, why won't they make him a sacrificial lamb? He's probably the worst of them. And he's also incompetent in a way that hurts their business. So why won't the rest of them go like, yeah, This is bad. And take a fake moral high ground and get him out of the league. So I think that's probably twofold. I've heard one theory that 31 owners don't mind having an incompetent bozo that's leading (laughs) one of their more historic franchises because it means easy wins. That I don't I don't know if Jerry Jones and and the Maras in New York and, and Philadelphia Jeffrey Lurie want to boot Washington or want want to boot Dan Snyder out of Washington, perhaps making Washington more competent. You know, that that owners kind of like the idea when there's sometimes incompetence around because it means it, it floats them. That's one theory that I've heard. I think the other theory is 
They don't want to set a precedent. They don't want to shove out any of their owners for bad behavior because then they all go, well, what about me next time? What about me? I mean, it, you know, there's, you don't have to search very far in Google to find some incriminating pictures of what looks to be Jerry Jones with some women that is not his wife. I don't think he or Robert Kraft with, you know, Orchids of Asia, I don't think these guys want to set a precedent of bad behavior being exposed gets you to lose your billion dollar team. It's just it's too it's too much money. It's a club that they fought to get in and they don't want any exit plans out of. So I think that's why it always is surround, defend, and and never let anything go public. Damon Minolara. I almost said 98.5 the sports hub. I just had like a mental throwback. How long has it been oh, yeah. since you've been gone from there? It's only been a, a minute. It's been going on nine years, so you're you're excused. Yeah, I don't know why that was where the autopilot <laughs> went. He's been with CBS Sports Radio for damn near a decade. Uh, you can listen to him in the mornings. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, it, 98.5 The Sports Hub, fine station, not where you work anymore. It was a good uh, run, though. It was a, it was a fun run. It was run, a great so. run. You did, you did good work. Uh, so on the field, there are obviously also questions about this club. Everyone thought that their defense was going to be a top five level unit. They have not been. They were going to be a playoff contender. You had some analysts saying, like, they're going to play, play Tampa in the NFC title game. That ain't happening. They will play Tampa in, in a couple weeks. That's because that's who they play on the, the regular season schedule. But I, I have as Ron Rivera is going through his second year here, I have more questions about Rivera as a coach than when he got here. What has been your impression of Rivera in Washington? And, and also as you think back to how that compared to the last half decade, you know, post Super Bowl that he was in Carolina, like how does it match up with that? Ron Rivera's greatest strength is having been a former player and, and coaching and leading himself with integrity. He's a guy that cares about doing things the right way. Doing things the right way as a player was first and foremost to him. He cares about his legacy, his reputation, and, and the integrity of, of the team, of the locker room, of himself. And so that part really fits in trying to clean up what's going on in Washington. But anybody in Carolina will tell you, Ron Rivera was not a great in-game coach. He wasn't a great week-to-week game manager. He was fine. He could connect with players. He understood the league. But in terms of X's and O's, you're never going to confuse a Ron Rivera scheme with that of Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, go on Sean McVay, of the great kind of scheme guys in the NFL. So I never bought the hype that this year Washington would even win the division. I, I always felt like the Cowboys were leaps and bounds more talented. It was just whether Mike McCarthy would ruin it and Dak Prescott's injury, whether he was going to rebound well enough. So in the division, I mean, it's not even close that Dallas is the most talented team and Washington was going to be floated by its defense. And if its defense was great, was otherworldly, they had a chance to be a, a 500 team or above, slightly above. If it wasn't otherworldly, that offense was never going to be able to carry it because look at how thin the hope is of Ryan Fitzpatrick and or Taylor Heineke. It's just, that's just never going to amount to 10 or 11 wins in the NFL. So I thought that was all kind of fool's gold in the offseason. I think that Ron Rivera, if you're looking to clean up the stability of the organization, the instability, he's a good guy. If you have delusions of grandeur and you're going to be going to NFC Championship games and Super Bowls with him, I think that that's, 
that's not there. I mean, when you look at his tenure in Carolina, he had the one fifteen and one year, which was amazing when everything came together. Cam Newton was an MVP. The offense could run the football with two backs. The defense was elite. It was never that great other than that. You know, he, he was competing in a, a pretty down, pretty mediocre NFC South those years in between the two really good Saints runs, early Saints with Drew Brees, late Saints with Alvin Kamara. So, I mean, he's, he's a good coach. He's not a great coach. What you're seeing with Washington is what happens with the middle-of-the-road coach and not a very good roster. So when you combine all of what we've talked about together – do you think that what Rivera is as a guy, as a, you know, a beacon of whatever positive attributes you want to insert at the end of this sentence, uh, can that overcome the ownership stuff to at least have a franchise that's like worth having in the NFL? That seems incredibly harsh that they word it that way, but that's how we're going to go with it. <laughs> but that's where the bar is set. That's you where know, we I, are. I will say in... In, as a compliment to the organization, I think there really has been efforts to scrub clean how much of a disaster and toxic it was. I mean, you could speak to great lengths to the type of toxicity, the type of people that were in the organization, the type of inner turmoil, politics, pettiness, all this type of stuff. I mean, it was really bad. There was just really bad people, unprofessional people, all pockmarked across the organization because that's they were dance night or cronies and drinking buddies, et cetera. So I think there was a real push because the league said, hey, this is, this is really going to get us jammed up with lawsuits and stuff like this. You've got to clean it up, and we'll force you to clean it up. And so they, I think they really have put decent people in, in positions of influence, and I think Ron Rivera was a hire to do so. But you don't, you don't fix you know, a cancerous growth overnight. I mean, this thing had metastasized so large within that organization that it's not an overnight fix. Like, you can't just remove it and then suddenly you're a healthy organization. So it's going to take Ron Rivera a couple of seasons. It's going, to take, it's going to take drafting better a couple of years. It's going to take better PR people, better business people, better everything in the organization. I think they've really tried to place good people there. But again, it's just not something that it's an overnight fix because you can do everything right. You're still three drafts away from being as talented as the Cowboys. You're still four or five years away from being as good as the Rams or the Packers or the Buccaneers. You know, so the idea that this thing can turn around quickly is fools, is, is foolishness. But I do think if you're able to be patient, which Washington football fans, why should they be patient? They've been patient for 20 some odd, some odd years. I do think it's headed in the right direction. I just think it's baby steps. Uh, last thing I'll, I'll talk about with you uh, is non-Washington football related. Uh, it is Cleveland Browns related because I haven't gotten to the story yet. And uh, who better to talk about it with than you? But can Odell Beckham, like, can is, is he allowed in the locker room anymore? Uh, for those that don't know, his dad put out a video on social media, like an 11-minute supercut of Baker Mayfield not throwing Odell the ball when he was open, <laughs> apparently, which... By the way, if you watch tape, that happens all the time. The the read could go the other, you know, that guy could be a, on a dummy route, whatever the reason. I'm sure he missed him some in the 11-minute Super Cup, but he put it out with, like, circles and check marks and everything. Apparently, Odell wanted out. The Browns decide not to trade him today at the deadline. Considering all that's happened there, and, by the way, the fact that the Browns made the playoffs and Baker was better without him last year, like, what do you do if you're the Browns with, with Odell Beckham Jr.? 
I'm surprised they didn't trade him today. It might be because there's no value for him or it's just a late-round pick. I don't know why they wouldn't have traded him because clearly Baker either A, is purposefully freezing him out or B, just has absolutely no feel or rapport with him on the football field. So as you said, is always reading the play the other way. It would be weird if Baker was purposefully ignoring a decent option of his on the field because Baker's been so mediocre this year. He's had a couple of blips that, that early, the, the week one game, uh, the loss of the Chiefs, he was very good. That game against the Chargers, he puts up 42 points, not great late, but overall, you know, you put up 42 points, you should win the game. But Baker's been under such scrutiny to improve his play that it would be shocking if he's willingly kind of cutting off his nose to spite his face because he hates Odell Beckham. I don't think Odell is an easy guy to play with as a quarterback. I think Eli had problems. Uh, I'm sure Baker's had problems. I just find it hard to believe that in a year where nothing's quite going right for Baker, he would also ignore a playmaker if he thought the playmaker was actually open at a personal spite or something. So I don't know how this makes any sense unless the Browns really believe that at 4-4, four and four, they're still football that can get them into the playoffs. And the only way they can get there is to keep as many assets as they have. And that's that's my guess that they they know they've underperformed at this point in time, and if they kind of get right and get healthy, and Baker kind of shakes this shoulder injury, that they can make a push to the playoffs. I doubt it. I talked about this on Monday. I feels like this season is going to end with a thud. That this is going to be an eight and nine season where they lose week seventeen to eliminate them or something, and we're all kind of wondering what went so wrong. But I I just think that the the Browns missed a shot to trade him today if they could get anything for him because he's just a complete non-entity. That's the thing I don't get. If like, well, I mean, I understand the, from the financial standpoint that they're, they're the finances of his deal and trading it were really hard. But even like, you're gonna pay him whether he's there or not. He seems to be an addition by subtraction kind of guy. If you can get a fifth round for him, is that equal value for the talent of Odell Beckham? Of course not. But like, that means you don't have to deal with Odell Beckham, and that seems to kind of be the point of where this story is at. Yeah, although Odell hasn't necessarily been a distraction. I mean, his dad doing what you said is a problem. But, you know, Odell hasn't been publicly griping about Baker, and he hasn't been complaining about his role in the offense. He's kind of been tight-lipped. I'll tell you, Odell has had one of the craziest um, arcs to his career ever. I mean, from the moment that he catches that pass one-handed on Sunday night football for the Giants against the Cowboys and becomes an instantaneous superstar and household name, to being maybe the most talked about NFL player for two or three years to now being a complete non-entity. We don't even bother talking about him anymore. He's buried on his own team. And so much so that I, I don't think he'll ever have a great season again. A guy that looked like he was by far the best wide receiver of his generation is going to end up as kind of just a, a fizzle. It's, it's one of the most bizarre sports careers, athlete careers I think we've had in recent memory. Totally agree. Damon Mendelara, CBS Sports Radio, weekday mornings. You can check it out on the Odyssey app and nationwide. The affiliate list is very long. Just just go to the website and, and you can find it there. Uh, DA, always good to talk to you. I need to talk to you offline soon just because we're friends and that's a thing we haven't done and we can talk more about Apple Bowls. Yeah, tell Rach. I'm, I'm signing up for Apple Bowl tonight. I'm going to put it on DoorDash. That's what I'm eating. Excellent. Uh, it'll be there in about five hours. Okay, great. Excellent. All right. Uh, maybe we'll just have it delivered for breakfast for you at the studio in the morning. Okay, Excellent. goodbye. Yes.
Yeah, I will talk to you soon. Uh, Damon Mendelara on the BetQL guest line. Bet smarter, beat the books, download the BetQL app today. Uh, When we get back, let's see where we're at time-wise. A quick other word on Odell Beckham, and then we will get to Chase Hughes coming up at 8.30, talking Wizards here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Before we get to Chase Hughes coming up at 830 here on the Phantom Craig Hoff and this is Overtime. Beckham, as DA was saying at the end of the last segment, has one of the most really sad in some ways career arcs that we've seen and like modern NFL superstardom. Like this thing's happen often it's due to injury and Beckham's had a bunch of injuries, but he's just, he's so enigmatic. And I guess the, the, the headline here is like, you don't have to be a bad guy to be a bad pro. So like none of what I'm about to say is a is a negative reflection on like Odell Beckham as a human being. I just don't know anything about Odell Beckham as a human being. I do know that he hates media stuff, which is not unique, but like he does it in a way that's just really like oh like he he's too good for it. And that's it's it's off putting, and I don't think just to to media i don't think like this is professional bias here like i think fans are like what's that dude's deal because he's so flashy and so in your face with his talent i mean that as a compliment like his talent is so overwhelming it just smacks you in the face and like what do we know about oh beckham as a person and if he's just a quiet guy doing his own thing like okay but like, do his teammates know him? Do his teammates like him? Because if you're supposed to be this incredibly high production guy and you're not, and you feel distant and you know, you feel 
disconnected from the team. Like, you're just... You're not you're not helping, like no matter how talented you are. And I feel like that's where we are with Beckham at this point. The the Browns are better off just cutting him. And I can't believe I'm saying that because when he's healthy, he might be the most talented receiver. It's not just the highlight catches. Like he's a precision route runner. He is explosive. He is magic when he has the ball in his hands. But none of that matters if he's just day in, day out degrading the performances of everybody else. Taking away snaps from guys who could be productive killing your quarterback, and who knows also, you know, what effect he's having on Jarvis Landry, a guy he's known for a long time, who is a different kind of competitor than Odell Beckham. I don't know. It's a weird situation. See, it feels very Browns, and I feel bad for Kevin Stefanski because that's a coach that seems to have a lot of stuff going on the right track, and he's trying to get rid of some of the stuff that's been so Browns, and this one is one he inherited. Craig Hoffman with you on the fan. We're talking Wizards with Chase Hughes next. Craig Hoffman with you for overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Joining us now on the BetQL guest line is Chase Hughes of NBC Sports Washington. Wizards off to a hot start, though they lost against Atlanta last night. And uh, Chase, first of all, hello, sir. How are you? Welcome back to the show. A happy season. I think the first time we've talked in the actual season. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate it. I'm doing well. It's good to be on with you again. Uh, so the Wizards so far look like a very different team from last year. Part of that is very obvious. They have very different personnel than last year, thanks to the Russell Westbrook trade where they got a bunch of dudes back. They have a couple key free agent signings. They got some rookies that are contributing. Uh, but you also have the other obvious change at the head coaching position where Wes Unsell Jr. has come in and taken over for Scott Brooks. Of this new look Wizards, more defensively locked in, et cetera, et cetera. How much do you think is the personnel, and what do you what do you see that's like personnel related, and then what do you see that that is perhaps more uh, thanks to Wes Unsell Jr. and what his staff has installed? Well, I think it's been a good mix between the two. I think the personnel has really stood out in the sense that they've done a great job of sustaining injuries so far uh, and overcoming them. You know, the Wizards in recent years, injuries have really been uh, a big part of the story. Obviously, when John Wall, his body started breaking down or Otto Porter or, you know, if Bradley Beal missed games last year, they went two and ten without him. Now they have so much depth and so many veterans that um, they can keep it rolling, even if they're missing several players. And we saw them uh, beat the Hawks last week. They were missing three guys who were projected starters on opening night. Spencer Dinwiddie was resting uh, as part become, coming off ACL surgery, Daniel Gafford was out, um, and Rui Hachimura remains out, and they beat the Atlanta Hawks, who were in the conference finals last year. They beat the Indiana Pacers, who don't have a great record right now, but I think are going to be a pretty good team by the end of the season without Bradley Beal. And those are just things that you did not see in the past. So I think the depth has really stood out. Um, it's also stood out in the sense that guys can have off nights. Bradley Beal can have a, a bad shooting night. There was a game recently – um, he only scored 17 points and, and shot terrible from the field, and they still won. I think it was the Celtics they beat. Um, so that stood out. But I think overall, West Sunsell Jr. has made a significant impact so far. I think his style of play has uh, really shown through. They're, they have got a lot of defensive structure. They've slowed their pace down. They're not committing turnovers. They're one of the best teams in the league at limiting turnovers. They've done a really good job rebounding the ball. So 
they play with a lot more structure than they have in recent years, and I think it's set them up to have a pretty high floor this season, and I think they're going to reel off uh, quite a few regular season wins. Yeah, Dinwiddie has been great so far, averaging 18 a game, six and a half assists, five boards, uh, half a steal in, in there, and just one turnover per game for a guy who's a primary ball handler, f- nearly a five-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. Like, are you surprised he's been able to be this good this quickly? And and also, how is he meshing with Beal and, and that partnership? Because obviously Beal's scoring is down compared to last year when he led the league, or almost led the league in scoring. I've always been a big fan of Spencer Dinwiddie's game, but I am a little surprised at just how quickly he's gotten up to peak form. I mean, this guy's coming off of uh, ACL surgery, which he had in January. That was not that long ago. And he said going into the season that it wasn't as bad as uh, the other ACL surgery he'd had in the past on his other knee where he he tore a bunch of ligaments. This was a partial tear. Uh, And having that experience, he really kind of knew what to expect. But he's come back and he looks just like the player that he was two years ago when he averaged 20 points a game. Uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, but in some areas he's been even better. I mean, he's uh, top 10 in the league in assist-turnover ratio. He's a big reason why they've cut down on their turnovers, replacing Russell Westbrook with him. Uh, he's averaging a career high in rebounds, which has really helped because uh, I-, I thought that was a concern going into this season. They didn't have a single player on their roster who averaged more than six rebounds a game last year, and you're removing Westbrook, and they've been a top 10 rebounding team. A lot of guys are having career highs in that category, including Spencer Dinwiddie, and I think the, the biggest surprise has been his three-point shooting. He's been a 40% three-point shooter. If you look at his shooting splits throughout his career, they're actually almost identical to Russell Westbrook. He's never been a high-efficiency guy. He's always been a guy who can get to the rim, and he's really good at finishing around the rim because he's huge for a point guard, and he's patient, and he's just got all sorts of release angles and great touch around the rim. But he's never been a, a, a really good outside shooter. And the sample size remains very, very small, but I'm wondering – if the Wizards you know, had one of those classic uh, find a player when they're on the upswing in their career and maybe found a guy who will be a better shooter than he has been previously. And if that's the case, uh, then that contract could definitely look like a bargain moving forward. Chase Hughes, NBC Sports Washington, with us here on The Fan. You mentioned some of the career highs in rebounding. Kyle Kuzma, and again, we're only through seven games, but Kyle Kuzma is averaging 16 points and 11 boards per game. I mean, what is it... it about his game that's allowed him to expand it and the role, I should ask it this way, what is it about the role he's being asked to play that has allowed him to expand this game and, and fill up the stat sheet like he is? Well, the rebounding is interesting because it, he's rebounding at a higher rate than he ever has before, but he insists that that's kind of always been his game. He was a pretty good rebounder early in his career, but he kind of will take you back to college when he was at Utah and says that you know he kind of played as a big man back then He's always felt confident as a rebounder, and I think that skill set was just suppressed a little bit when he was on the floor uh, in L.A. with guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, so there just weren't that many rebounds to go around. Um, So now he's stepped up. He's their best rebounder, um, and it's come. uh, I think it's really helped their defense, and I think it's come in a good time when there was really a void to fill. Um, And he's shooting more and, and scoring more than he was able to the last few years because he had to defer to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So I think the expansion of his role has, has uh, been beneficial to him. And obviously Montrezl Harrell has deservedly gotten a lot of the attention among their offseason acquisitions. But I think that's kind of uh, cast a shadow over Kyle Kuzman. And his start to the season has gone a little underrated. He's been able to knock down some threes. His shooting percentages aren't as high as I think they will end up being this season. And, and 
you know, maybe once that comes around, people will start realizing it. But uh, there's no question he's been one of the best players on this team so far. And defense has also been a big part of it. You know, he, he's a guy who can switch uh, pretty much one, one through four. You know, when Daniel Gafford was out, he played a little bit at the five. His versatility has really stood out. And he's, uh, I, I've just been impressed with how he's willing to do whatever they need him to do to win. I mean, some nights he'll only have seven or eight points, but he'll get you double-digit rebounds. Uh, and defend and he just seems to have no issue at all just stepping up and playing whatever role is needed Kuzma's career rebounds by year 6.3 5.5 4.5 6.1 last year and now he's averaging 11 through seven games this year um, injury wise where are we at with Rui Hachimura how long till he's back and as you've seen these first seven games how does he eventually fit into this rotation where they've already got a decent amount of wing players that are rotating through? Well, injury-wise, first of all, Daniel Gafford's back, and he looked very good uh, last night. Um, and Davis Bertans will be out tomorrow. He sprained his left ankle. So yep. uh, those are two to monitor. But as far as Rui Hachimura goes, I still expect it to take a few weeks. You know, the Wizards, um, their training staff, their front office, I know it's a new coaching staff. Um, but over time, they just really like to take it slow when guys come back from injury. They're really all about um, incremental steps and making sure a guy is at 100% uh, peak conditioning before they let him out there on the floor. So I'm not surprised at all that they're taking their time with him. I am a little bit surprised that he, we haven't really seen him around the team yet. You know, Players and coaches have seen him in the facility in recent weeks, but uh, we haven't seen him at a game or anything. We haven't seen him around the team at practice. Um, I think that would be the next step. Uh, he's been doing individual work. I think they'll get him into three-on-three and then work their way up from there. So they're taking their time. And, and as far as personnel, I think that's a really good question. You know, going into the season, uh, Tommy Shepard proclaimed him as the starting power forward. He said he did not foresee his role changing. Um, so I, I think Rui's going to have a, a – he's never come off the bench ever in his career. So I think he's got a good chance to when he does return, when he is ready, to take on a big role. But – there's a, a lot of depth and a lot of competition in his position. Kyle Kuzma's played fantastic at the four. Kyle, or uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope's done a good job at the three. Um, you know, Davis Bertans is out. Um, we'll see how long he's out, so maybe there's an opening there. Thomas Bryant remains out, of course, until, until December. So uh, there, there should be some minutes to go around. But, um, you know, if they do put him right in the starting lineup, I wonder what that means for Kyle Kuzma, uh, whether he'll get bumped to the three or whether he'll have to come off the bench. I think it would make sense. If he went to the three and, and KCP kind of became a backup two behind uh, Bradley Beal, but uh, you know we'll see. I, I think um, uh, Rui Hachimura has started every game so far, but never before has he had this much competition at his position. Yeah, that that option you just said with KCP as a backup two makes a lot of sense, and he's done a great job throughout his career, you know, developing as a wing defender. But he is definitely undersized to be playing uh, the three with how big threes are in the NBA right now. Chase Hughes, NBC Sports Washington. Make sure that you read his work there. You can follow him on Twitter as well. Get all of the links nice and easy from his Twitter page, and even occasionally will show up on your television which is just magical, <laughs> pre- and post-game. Make sure you check him out there as well. Chase, always appreciate it. Uh, thank you, sir. And I will talk to you, I'm sure, later uh, within the next couple of weeks as the season goes. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Chase Hughes on the BetQL guest line. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. All right, when we come back, I would like to dive into the discussion of the day on this here very silly radio station. How far can you throw a football while sitting down? 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Oh, sometimes we just need sweet relief of silly nothingness. And boy, did B. Mitch and Finley deliver today. Craig Hoffman with you. It's overtime on the fan. And I saw this on Twitter. Uh, J.P. Finley. And actually, let me let me scroll back. I want to make sure I get the yardage right here. I believe he said can that he thinks he can throw a football 30 yards while seated. Pull it up. Yeah. How far do you think you can throw a football while sitting down? 30 yards. To which I responded, no chance. Uh, Ad Boy Genius LA replied, JP Vick, which is funny. Because Michael Vick, once in a Powerade commercial, threw the ball 275 yards. Roughly. <sighs> Donald, how far do you think you could throw a football sitting down? Uh, maybe five yards tops. <laughs> no, you could definitely go more may, than five. Yeah, maybe may, maybe maybe ten. You know, if I'm realistic, ten or fifteen, but definitely not. Yeah, thirty. That is. feels like the, more like the right end. Like fifteen. If you're a, if you're just an average strength guy out there, average strength lady out there, somewhere between ten and fifteen yards. Be, and, and also, I would add this. Have you ever actually, Donald, have you ever actually held an NFL football? I have. Because I'm assuming that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I have. NFL footballs are enormous. They are. It is like throwing a watermelon from a size standpoint. It's not quite as heavy as a watermelon, uh, but it is is a large, large, large object that you have to try to grip and throw. And the thing is about throwing is your power comes from your legs. And when you're sitting, you don't have that. Now, um, God bless uh, Todd, who has been listening. I think he said he's on his boat in Savannah. Because it's certainly not around here. It is way too cold to be on a boat. But Todd's been listening on his boat down in Savannah on the app the entire show. And apparently he's been listening all day. uh, Because he said, not just sitting down, but like from your ass. From your tuchus on the ground, which I actually think might lead you to be able to cheat and maybe get it out about 20 yards because you could like do the lean back thing. I'm, I'm currently sitting in a chair that reclines so I can lean back and get a little extra momentum, but you can't, you can't drive through your hips. You're talking straight arm strength and rotational power. 
Yeah, that was a point you brought. I was just going to ask. I was like, what kind of chair are we sitting in? Or are we on the because I was literally going to make that point because similar to you while you were speaking, I was also kind of like leaning my body back to see like right. what I thought. But yeah, a chair or if you're on the ground, definitely would dictate the distance. Right. But 30. Like, I don't I don't know that everybody realizes that the average person I don't think can throw an NFL football 30 yards with like a step into it like I'll give you your seven step drop two hitches and chuck it as far as you can and if we took like the average adult American male maybe they're getting 30 maybe 30 yards is far I don't mean to blow people's mind with mathematics here. But Donald, did you know 30 yards is 90 feet? It's far. Yeah, I mean, you're basically talking about, you know, a third of the field. So, you know. Right. Like, and and I get it. You don't have to throw it on a dime. You get to throw like a Hail Mary ball, but it's only got to go 30 yards. But I... Like I, I'm decently athletic and I had a pretty strong throwing arm. Like when I played baseball, like I could, I could throw it on a, on a line from center to, I mean, granted, this was like high school size fields. We're not talking about going out to Nats park and, you know, throwing the ball from 380, but like I can throw a baseball, a solid 250, 260 feet. At least I could. I haven't thrown a baseball in a long time. My arm strength's probably not quite what it used to be. But, like, I, I'm thinking, like, 45, 50 for me at most. And that's standing up. I, I, I'll i say this. I don't think I could throw it 30 yards. And I don't know. Maybe JP. I, I thought JP played lineman when he was in high school. Maybe JP's got a secret cannon. But I, I do not think that JP Finley could throw a football 30 yards from his, from his tuchus. Donna, what, like, what's the, if you're going to go, I guess it'd be, yeah, it'd be Price's Right style. You got to name the number for JP and you can't go over. What's the, what's the number? <laughs> um, From the ground, I, without going over, I'm going to. Like he throws it farther than your number, you lose. Right, right. I, to be safe, I'll, I'll give him 20. I'll give him twenty to be safe with without him without thinking he'll he'll go over that. I'll I'll, I'll go twenty maybe. I'll go I'll go twenty four yards. I'm gonna give him an extra four yards. I'm gonna go twenty four. If he throws at twenty five, I lose. Somewhere between twenty and twenty four. Then our little silly bet that we did off their silly segment, you would you would win. So I, are I, they, do we know? I was going to say now I actually want to like see this done to see this come to Well, that's fruition. the thing. I have I have a giant open schedule tomorrow, and in fact, I actually have a haircut right by the radio station at three o'clock. So I'm going to have to text JP and be like, "Can we can we get a football? And can I meet you at what is it Ryan Zimmerman Field? Uh, that's right there in Navy Yard. Right. Can can we go out there with with a camera? Like we just get get one of the producers to get out there with their phone. We don't need a fancy camera, right? And and let's do this. We can warm up. 
I'll, I'll run JP. I'll use my trainer skills. I'll run JP through a proper warm-up. <laughs> yeah. Give him I, 25 yards. Yeah, I think it's fair to get a you know a couple practice throws in before we count the real thing. Yeah. Then he's got to sit. I'll give him three throws, and we'll see how far he goes. Uh, I'm going to do a silly thing over the radio here. We're doing 54-45, right? Donald is when we you told us that told me that this radio show's got to be over, so we got like twenty we, seconds. We got left. about thirty seconds, yeah. <laughs> okay. Sometimes I forget the numbers that you tell me because I don't write them down, uh, which is right on track for this very silly segment. Uh, thanks to Damon Mendelara for coming on the show. Thanks to Chase Hughes for coming on the show. Thanks to Sam Fortier for coming on the show. If you missed any of those, use the rewind feature in the Odyssey app anytime in the next twenty four hours, and you can check it out or. You can download the podcast in the overtime feed. Thanks to Donald for producing the show and dealing with my nonsense. I'm Craig Hoffman. This is Overtime. And thanks for listening on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.